Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS, from the respiratory section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 46-year-old woman is admitted to the ICU with severe pancreatitis. During the first 24 hours of admission, severe hypoxemia that requires ventilatory support with high concentrations of inspired oxygen develop. On exam, the patient has ronchi and crackles bilaterally. An arterial blood gas collected at 60%, FiO2 reveals pH of 7.42, PCO2 of 35 millimeters of mercury, and PO2 of 108 millimeters of mercury. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with a brief introduction. ARDS is defined as acute, diffuse, inflammatory lung injury leading to increased vascular permeability increased lung weight, and loss of aerated lung tissue. The hyperactivation of coagulation and or inflammation damages both the type 1 and type 2 pneumocytes. Decreased type 2 pneumocytes result in decreased surfactant production. Decreased surfactant production results in low lung compliance and subsequent atelectasis. Note that the repair often results in interstitial fibrosis. The causes of ARDS include infection, including pneumonia and sepsis, which is typically gram-negative sepsis, aspiration, acute pancreatitis, trauma with shock, amniotic fluid embolism, which is rare, and uremia. In terms of the clinical presentation and symptoms along with physical exam findings, symptoms include dyspnea, and physical exam findings include tachypnea and bilateral rails and decreased breath sounds. Diagnostic evaluation would involve arterial blood gas, radiology, histology, and the severity would be graded on PaO2 over FiO2 ratio and required PEEP. Arterial blood gas would show severe hypoxemia on pulse oximetry and ABG. Note that it may not be responsive to 100% oxygen. Atelectasis results in intrapulmonary shunting. On radiological imaging, you would see diffuse bilateral alveolar infiltrates on chest x-ray and ground glass opacities and consolidations on chest CT, often with dependent lung predominance. On histology, you would see diffuse alveolar damage. You would also see protein-rich leakage, called exudate, forming an intraalveolar hyaline membrane. Let's now talk about the treatment of ARDS. Treatment involves respiratory support and treating the underlying cause. You would use mechanical ventilation with low tidal volume. This would be 4 to 6 milliliters per kilogram ideal body weight. You can also use high FiO2 and PEEP, which stands for positive end expiratory pressure. This prevents airway collapse at end expiration. It recruits the collapsed alveoli and increases the FRC and decreases shunting, and it improves oxygenation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 48-year-old female suffers a traumatic brain injury while skiing in a remote area. Upon her arrival to the ER, she is severely hypoxemic and not responsive to O2 therapy. She is started on a mechanical ventilator, and two days later, upon auscultation, you note late inspiratory crackles. Which of the following is most likely normal in this patient? 1. Type 1 pneumocytes. 2. Type 2 pneumocytes. 3. Chest x-ray. 4. Alveolar arterial gradient. Or 5. Left atrial pressure. 
and the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, left atrial pressure. This patient is suffering from acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS. One of the main criteria for ARDS is the absence of cardiogenic pulmonary edema, and hence the left atrial pressure would be normal. Remember, ARDS is a classic cause of non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema. The left atrial pressure, usually estimated using the pulmonary capillary wedge pressure, would most likely be normal, a finding used to distinguish ARDS from other causes of pulmonary edema. A chest x-ray of an ARDS patient initially shows bilateral infiltrates progressing to widespread alveolar consolidation with air bronchograms. Neutrophils damage both type 1 and type 2 pneumocytes in ARDS. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. Mortality et al. discuss how ARDS is characterized by the acute onset of diffuse, bilateral pulmonary infiltrates secondary to non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema, refractory hypoxia, and decreased lung compliance. Sepsis, aspiration of gastric contents, trauma, or multiple transfusions are very common causes of ARDS. The next citation, by Donahoe, reviews ARDS. Since ARDS links multiple diverse etiologies into a single common pathway, specific treatments have shown variable effectiveness. There have been many attempts at controlling the lung inflammatory response of ARDS, and the only proven therapy to consistently reduce mortality is a protective ventilation strategy. The vascular changes of ARDS can lead to a ventilation-perfusion mismatch, contributing to an increase in physiologic dead space. Correction of hypoxemia and hypercapnia are integral components in the management of ARDS. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1. Neutrophils damage type 1 pneumocytes in the acute inflammatory process. Answer choice 2. Neutrophils damage type 2 pneumocytes in the acute inflammatory process. Answer choice 3. A chest x-ray will show bilateral infiltrates progressing to widespread alveolar consolidation in ARDS. And finally, answer choice 4, the alveolar arterial gradient is elevated in ARDS due to a ventilation-perfusion mismatch. Next question, a 53-year-old man is admitted to the intensive care unit from the emergency department with severe pancreatitis. Overnight, he starts to develop severe hypoxemia, and he is evaluated by a rapid response team. On exam, the patient is breathing very quickly and has rails and decreased breath sounds bilaterally. He is placed on 50% FiO2, and an arterial blood gas is collected with the following results. The pH is 7.43, the PCO2 is 32 millimeters of mercury, and the PO2 is 78 millimeters of mercury. The oxygen status of this patient continues to deteriorate, and he is placed on ventilator support. Which of the following would most likely be seen in this patient? 1. Decreased lecithin to sphingomyelin ratio. 2 diffuse lipid droplets and globules, 3. Hemosiderin-laden alveolar macrophages, 4. Intraalveolar hyaline membrane formation, or 5. Large clot in the pulmonary artery. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, intraalveolar hyaline membrane formation. This patient with pancreatitis who developed acute hypoxemia that is not responsive to increased oxygen administration most likely has acute respiratory distress syndrome, which will present with intraalveolar hyaline membrane formation on histology. 
Remember, acute respiratory distress syndrome is the result of acute, diffuse inflammatory lung injury leading to increased vascular permeability. This allows for leakage of protein-rich fluid into the alveoli, resulting in the formation of intraalveolar hyaline membranes. This pattern is known as diffuse alveolar damage and inhibits adequate gas exchange in the lungs. Patients with this condition will therefore become hypoxemic and often require mechanical ventilatory support with low tidal volumes and high positive end expiratory pressure. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, decreased lecithin to sphingomyelin ratio, is seen in neonatal respiratory distress syndrome in infants that are born prematurely. Answer choice 2, diffuse lipid droplets and globules can be seen in fat embolus syndrome. However, this disease would present with petechia and acute mental status changes. Answer choice 3, hemosiderin-laden alveolar macrophages would be seen in patients with pulmonary edema due to heart failure and are colloquially known as heart failure cells. And finally, answer choice 5, a large clot in a pulmonary artery would be seen in pulmonary thromboembolism. However, this disorder would present with pleuritic chest pain as well as friction rub. In summary, acute respiratory distress syndrome will have intraalveolar hyaline membrane formation on histology. And that's it for this review about acute respiratory distress syndrome. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.